leaving Brighton was was probably one of the saddest moments in in my career. My dad focused just in, on my education. It's like values, integrity, and football is it would be a consequence of that. Everything is a is a consequence of a your effort, your attitude, yeah. your mentality. Everything came with a responsibility. Yeah? I think we spoke we spoke about that, um, and it was about you know I mean I was really young age, and I said to my dad, um, I wanted to be the best footballer in the world, and he and he said okay, like then you know what it takes. We're living in this world right now that everything has to be towards the outside instead of towards the inside. Then it's like we're taking decisions not based on what we want to do. Yeah. We're taking decisions based on how it looks outside. We cannot lie. Yeah? It's like life, there is suffering in life. Mm-hmm. Like all of us uh, in different levels. Um, and in my career, I had suffering and I had difficult moments, like ups and downs. <laughs> we don't control what happens to us. We just control how we respond to it. Yeah. Last times it was my last year in uh, when I was playing for Valencia, for example. It's... it's, it's I was injured, I came back, I wasn't playing as much, um, and I got into a like dark place. Um, a healed human being, fixed human being, is much more beautiful than a human being who never suffered. Why people remember you is, is because how you make them feel. I remember the parade here in Brighton, for example, it's like... I've got goosebumps, you know what I mean? It's like, there is a moment in my, in my career that I felt in peace that it was my last game for Brighton. And the sadness is there. The sadness is there. But as we said earlier, life is about suffering. Life is about leaning forward. Lean forward. Lean forward. And that's how I felt. I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. For sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. I hope you can join us on this journey. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Nostos, an authentic experience of Greece right here in the heart of Hove. In a world brimming with dining options, finding that one place that captivates your palate and heart isn't always easy. It's about more than food. It's the stories, the ambience, the slice of another world. This is the essence of Nostos, an award-winning Greek restaurant. With traditional recipes passed down through generations, each dish promises a story and a piece of heritage. And Nostos is more than just a restaurant, it's a community contributor. Each dining experience supports initiatives close to their heart, from local charities to cultural events enriching Brighton and Hove's social fabric. They also provide catering services, bringing Greek cuisine to your personal events. For a taste of Greece without leaving town, visit nostos-hove.co.uk. And when you do go, say Sam recommended the Feta Nests. Oh my God, they are amazing. Okay. Welcome to a very special episode of the Different Hats Podcast. Today, we are collaborating with the Authentic Resilience Podcast prior to its anticipated launch early next year. And I'm joined by my co-host, former guest, and one of the most downloaded episodes we've had so far, 
and someone I'm lucky enough to call a very good friend, the founder of Authentic Resilience, Mr. Gary Peters. Well, it's lovely to be here, Sam. Thank you for having me. Mate, buzzing for it. You are? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to uh, riding off the back of your tails here <laughs> and learning how it's done. Mate, it's going to be gold. It's going to be gold. Right, I think it's um, time to perhaps introduce our very, very special guest. When I started the podcast over two years ago, I could only dream of an opportunity to welcome such esteemed guests as we have with us today. He is a football coach and former player who began his professional career with Espanyol and went on to appear in 128 La Liga matches, all but one of which were with Almira and Valencia. In 2012, he signed with Brighton and Hove Albion. Oi, oi. <laughs> Going on to spend seven fantastic years with the club and also acting as its captain. On the 10th of May 2019, he announced his retirement at the end of the season and ended post-match speech of appreciation and farewell with the words, once a seagull, always a seagull. In June 2019, he was appointed as a senior player development coach at the club before following Graham Potter to Chelsea on the 8th of September 2022. He's a player I've watched many times, a true legend both on and off the pitch. It gives me great pleasure to welcome the one and only... Bruno to the podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm oh. just Mate, listen, looking forward to this. It's going to be um, it's great. Look, we obviously met up before and had a bit of a chat. And I just, like I said, been up at the MX and watched you play many times. And um, it's a real honour to have you on. So look, we're buzzing and great to have you with me, mate. Thank you, mate. <laughs> this is a, a lovely, a lovely three team here that I'm looking yeah. forward to. Two good friends of mine, quite genuinely yeah, exactly. good friends of mine. So yeah, let's see what happens Amazing. and enjoy it. Eh? Well look, we're going to crack on. We're going to kick off as we always do. So we're going to go in with our life in 60 seconds to start with and our first one. For me, like this is all about people's stories, right? And a story has somewhere to start. So just kick us off. Tell me something about tell me something about life growing up and how that shaped who sits in front of us today. I Probably it's... Uh I've been so, so uh, lucky to have a, a structured family when I was really young uh, with all the basics covered. Uh, and my parents gave me the most important thing that it was a, a good education. A good education to be able to take more good decisions than bad decisions. That obviously took me to be sitting right now here with you guys. Mm. Um, and that's the thing that I value the most. You know, I mean, that's uh, why I think it's education is that important and try to understand kids right now and young people and help them in that development is so so important mm -hmm. and yeah that would be you know what i mean uh, that would be me well, t t uh, i'm keen in about that. that tell us a little bit more let's delve a little bit deeper into that about uh, growing up as a child and the love of football where that first come from and and i'm, I'm keen to tap into the education side of it especially i guess we've as well going and the stuff that you do going into schools I'd be keen to, to talk about that but just share a little bit more about what was life growing up in Spain tell, tell yeah for me I, I was really lucky as I said because um, I grew up in until I was 15 in three small villages that allowed me to play outside all the time and have a lot of freedom and, and I thought that was key for me because I obviously, like, all the time love football. I cannot remember my life without kicking a, a football. <laughs> I, I actually cannot remember. Then just being able to play in the streets, just being able to go around uh, these small villages and, and spending time with my friends, it, that was me. You know what I mean? Not, nothing else. 
than enjoying life and, and thinking about uh, football. But I always explain as well, like something that I think helped me a lot. Two of my best friends who were neighbors, imagine uh, living in a small village um, in the countryside. My neighbors, they had a farm. And the two kids, more or less same, same age, um, we became best friends. And with my brother, we used to go to the farm all the time. But now what I'm thinking is like, probably we were working because these two kids at age 12, 13, 14, they had to, have to help the family through, you know what I mean, in, in that process of like looking after the farm uh, with pigs, horses, you know what I mean, goats, everything. And I was there, you know what I mean, with them like all the time. I never felt I was working. You always felt like it was just having fun with them and just cleaning and, you know what I mean, and moving things. And But I think I understood how hard people they work, how they are no excuses. These two kids, they went through their young age uh, helping their family, working, I'm telling you, really hard. Sometimes we used to go to a land that they had far away and we used to be watering all that land for 12 hours. You know what I mean? And I was maybe 12. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like we used to take the horses in the morning with one of with the oldest, the oldest son. We took two horses and we go in up to the land, be 12 hours there, taking like pack lunch or something, water, water the whole land and come back uh, maybe at 10 o'clock or midnight. You know what I mean? It's like that was me at 12, 13 years old. And uh, that it was for me amazing <coughs> yeah. to experience it. But I think as well shaped me to actually, there are no like excuses. There are no, you know, just like you just do it. You know what I mean? It's just like, and try to enjoy that whatever comes. The, this, the, uh, am I right in thinking from that, that strong work ethic, that's what's instilled in you yeah. then from a young age or whatever you relate that to as you get older, but how that helps you with football, no? Yeah, completely. That's what I think is, is it helped me massively uh, to just do it, you know what I mean? It's just like whatever it takes. And again, you know what I mean? It's like in, I've been lucky that football has been my passion all the time and, and always put all the effort possible, you know what I mean? And I think, as I said, maybe that period of time of my life and seeing obviously my parents working hard helped me to see that, yeah, if you want something, you have to just fight for it and, and consistently. You know what I mean? Not just like, yeah, now, or it's not about motivation because motivation is not always there. And sometimes it's about discipline. You know what I mean? It's like, because it's difficult to be motivated all the time. It's just that consistent discipline that you put every single day. Well, on that, I certainly wasn't 13 or 14 when I worked out the history of growing up no. um, and what that contributed to understanding to work hard. How old were you when you worked that out? Was it something you've reflected on over a yeah. long period of time? And within that, how much of that was a specific um, conscious effort by your parents for you to be like that? Um, I think obviously you reflect on time and then you, you understand, okay, you try to understand why you've been that way and that's why I'm really grateful, you know what I mean, for that education that I said earlier, my parents allowing me and giving, the, giving me the freedom to do and experience all of this and just don't put any pressure on me. And as a footballer, for example, uh, I never had the pressure from my parents, never. Like when I was young, um, 
uh, it would be me asking my dad, um, what do you think about the game? And he was always really harsh on, on me. And that helped me massively after, yeah. because the first thing that I've done when I became professional and when you are growing up, it's instead of just focusing on, okay, I did, did this was good or really good, I was focusing, okay, how can I improve? Because I didn't, I could have done this better and better. I had my mom balancing off. Maybe she was like, now you played really well. <laughs> and I had my dad, you know what I mean? Like, he would say, yes, that's good, but what about this and this and this? And that shaped me into when I became professional, or even before, to focus as well on the not the good things. How can I keep improving? Was that driven by your dad's criticism of you? Yeah. During that time? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but, but it would be a criticism um, that he was always asked by me. My dad right. never intervened if I wouldn't ask. Right. Like, he wouldn't say anything. He would just drive and, you know what I mean, like, speak about other things. But if I always, after the games, would ask him, like, right. come on, dad, give me a mark. But that's one of your gifts then. Because if you look at most young people who play football now, particularly when we watch our boys, yeah. the dads are living their failed dream through their child, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing abuse, you should be doing this, the ref's this, and whatever else. Yeah, completely. And it's rare that you have a good communication with your, your lad on the way home or your girl or whatever about the game if the dad chooses just to be negative and, and pick on you. So if you actually went and dug out um, yeah. constructive feedback yeah. on how to be better in the pursuit of being a professional. Yeah, completely. It's, it's about prioritizing what you think is the best for your kid. Mm. Okay, my dad focused just in, on my education. It's like values, integrity. And football is, it would be a consequence of that. Yeah. Instead of like, okay, I'm going to focus on their football or my football. And instead of like just trying to help the kid to understand about taking right decisions, about taking... Because everything is a, is a consequence of a, your effort, your attitude, yeah. your mentality. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean... That's giving advices to the kids like how to execute a, a, a decision or how to play football. Uh, that's that's you know what I mean. That's not gonna make the difference. The difference is gonna that's that's the coach's job. Yeah. What's gonna make the difference if you help to your kid to understand what it takes mm. and the right mentality and the right attitude. That's what's gonna help massively. Because then for me, that. Once you instill values in in someone, then you're not defined by what your job is or what you do growing up, right? Yeah. Like if if it's just focused on the football, and they become a footballer, but they haven't then got them values. What then happens then after football or work or later on in life? I, fi I find that the the topic of values is a rather modern thing, and if we if we reflect back, maybe the same few Bruno that your dad and your mother brought you up with values, <coughs> but they weren't on a wall like you see in many offices or, or what have you today. They were habits. And, and you learn the habits of good behaviour, teamwork, trying your best, and what have you. And then it's the penny drops later on, but it is instilled in you as a young person and you start behaving and, and reacting in that way, which I suppose leads on to one of the exciting points about Bruno when he said, hey, I really do want to be a professional footballer. Yeah, yeah. I've got one question on that. Yeah. When you were obviously going to touch on that story where <clears throat> you left home, you, you mentioned your dad um, was big on your education. How was he when you <clears throat> excuse me, had that um, dream of the actual pursuit of being a footballer? I, they were, obviously, everything came with a responsibility. Yeah? 
I think we spoke we spoke about that, um, and it was about you know I mean I was really young age, and I said to my dad, um, I wanted to be the best footballer in the world, and he and he said okay, like then you know what it takes, yeah. um, and he's always with that responsibility. But it's, it was because it was my you know I mean like my passion, and, and I couldn't see anything else than that. I, I, I mean, guys, if. if if you would have been in my in my brain in the, at that time, it's just like nothing else than just football, 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 football. I would sit down after training session and with my football boots, just cleaning them and spending time with them. Even when I was a professional, like you know, like professional teams, you finish training session day before the game and everyone puts the boots. I used to take my football boots with me and they they used to sleep like next to me. You know what I mean? I need to, uh, because I didn't like the boots being just all of them together on the same bag, and I used to travel with them. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's like you have to look after you. I I didn't like other people cleaning my boots. I always cl- uh, clean because my boots. Because you wanted them so clean, or you no, didn't like the thought of them. No, it's because them. it's like it's it, they are my tools. Right. They are my tools, and I want to look after my football boots. If you're asking them to give you the best, it's like you have to. You know what I mean? You have to give something to to yeah. it as well. And I used to take my football boots, my shin pads, and it's like, okay, this is my, they are my tools, and I have to look after them. That's another. But when you're talking about values, for example, it's like now probably we have to put up all those values everywhere mm. because of the lack of them. Yeah, right. Because years ago, those values they were the norm, mm. and now they, they are not. Were they? But they were the norm. They were they were the norm that's because right. the, the discipline was there. Yeah. And now we have to put them up. Because they're not there, yeah. and yeah, that's and that's the what, challenge. What, what, why? Why is that changing? Why is that changing? Oh dear, <clears throat> that's a that's a tricky one. But I think we live in a world now where, aside from lots of awkward topics that would take this podcast in a completely <laughs> different direction, I think we've become a bit soft and ill-educated on how to get the best out of people. Um, scared of consequence or not fitting in or doing things in the perceived right way which is often led by media and if we follow those things that are predominantly media led it's a sad place um, when the actual good wholesome values start at home um, if we just believed in ourselves a bit more so I think as parents we have a lot to do that with that with our generation actually but not not only not only us as parents but we touch on education and stuff surely within the education system as well needs to allude to that no? well yeah but within the education system there's parents as well so I, I yeah, mean yeah. parents adults yeah, yeah. in general our generation um, may have dropped the ball a bit on that and I think it is time um, to do more about growing up values being a good person and those um, topics within schools for sure and help the parents to instill them again because young parents of today may not have had them growing up themselves we're in a bit of a, a vicious circle on that yeah. um, but it's clear from yeah. your perspective that you had them which is great <coughs> so what I'm picking up from this is you had a relentless pursuit from a very young age to play football but I'm, 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 how old when you said that to your dad how old was you then I think I was like around nine years old probably Wow. Yeah, obviously I wasn't conscious of the level outside of yeah, my village yeah, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good I think it's good to to have uh, big dreams you know what I mean? Like I, when I go to a school sometimes and I speak to 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 kids, it's just like, okay, guys, listen, you, you have explained this, huh? and it's like if you put if you put you you, it's not expectations. It's just like you vision, you goal here, and you fight as much as you can. 
Like, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, with hard work, with passion, we don't know where, where our ability is going to take us. That's why you have to, you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's, 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 that's the vision. That's the goal. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase it. And obviously, that was messy, let's say, because that's the best player in the world. And I end up like down here you know what I mean it's like it's but I've been professional I've been lucky to be professional for 20 years then but if you put your goal here if you just like fighting for this where where do you get you know what I mean that's the, that's the that's why is is that that internal motivation that you do it for yourself not for anyone else it's just like yourself it's like okay what I want to achieve and and fighting for it uh, and okay like you said dr- don't be afraid to dream big right completely yeah so, so many of us, I think that, and, and and never stop dreaming. Like for me, I've posted something the other day, and I was talking about about this about dreaming. And actually, when we get a little bit older, sometimes we stop dreaming. Right? Mm. You come out, society gets hold of us, and media or whatever, and you stop dreaming. What, what, what? Why can we not go back to being that kid? And I know that there's responsibilities come in, and you know you might have to pay a mortgage. You got to do them, but I'm still a big <coughs> advocate. For following your dreams at whatever age and still keep the same. I think what completely, completely agree. I mean, that's that's probably something that we've been losing. I think as well is the fear of what people they think. That is what stops people, and that is the sadness of the of the situation sometimes. The fear uh, of failure. No, it's it's not just failing because like failure. I think <coughs> I'm, I've got a strange relationship with failure, mm. but. It's not failure. It's about other people's uh, thoughts. Right. How you will be perceived. Yes. How you will be. And it's like, because we're living in this world right now that everything has to be towards the outside instead of towards the inside. Mm -hmm. Then it's like we're taking decisions not based on what we want to do. We're taking decisions based on how it looks outside. And that is, is for me, like one of the differences. It's like how, okay, you think... Do I want to do this? Can I do this? You know, what I mean, do I have the support to do it? Yeah. Do it. <clears throat> I'm aligned with you one million percent on yeah. that. Most people, right now, it seems, are living their life trying to be the thing that they think they have to be, as opposed to who they really are. Completely, and that's 100%. really sad. Within the gift of, um, or the opportunity to live your dreams, big advocate of that, as you know. Um, Within now, I was listening to a podcast recently where <clears throat> they they extended upon that a bit, which is going to lead to a question, if I may. Dreaming big is fantastic, but it's a destination on a journey that you may or may not reach. And I know we'll speak a bit in a minute about not reaching that goal and some of the things that happened in that process for you. But to dream big in certain areas is fantastic, but actually the journey in life is about finding, I believe, fulfilment and being happy with what you have while still having goals and motivations and dreams at the same time. And I think that's that's an art actually that is quite hard to do in that world that you're mentioning where we are we have we feel we have to be something or, or somebody that maybe we're not. So in that in that world of fulfilment, um that would be something I guess on the journey that I'd want to touch on a bit more because having everything in football from fame of course, it's it's a reasonably well-paid job and what have mm-hmm. you. <clears throat> Those things don't make everybody happy. Um, so that's something I want to touch yeah, on a bit yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want. I'll, I guess for me, look, let's let's delve in now. Let's talk a little bit about 
about a little bit about your early career in Spain and like I guess and I'm, I'm really keen actually to to look at the comparison between that career in Spain and when you then come over to Brighton, the different cultures mm. and what that sort of looks like and, and different people you played under and, and the differences between that. Be keen to look at that. Yeah, obviously the the, the culture, that's the, I think the main point. The culture thing is, is the main shock. You know, I mean, you move to England, I was 31 years old with, uh, with my wife and a four years old boy and one month old daughter. Like without speaking any English, and then it's like, Phew. but because our approach to it, it was like it was our decision. We wanted to come here, and um, it was just like open to it, and we just like try to embrace everything and trying to adapt to the to the culture. That you don't think about that when you play in Spain. It's just like being, just being yourself. But you move here, and then you you have to adjust like certain things, and I think I think. I've, I've got just good memories, you know what I mean, from from that movement. But yeah, football is different in Spain than here. Pressure is different in Spain than here. Uh, obviously, I came to a club where it's, it was in a in a journey towards getting to the Premier League. That is different than coming from, let's say, Valencia, where we were playing Champions League, where the pressure was massive, where like any game, a draw or a, or a loss is a, is a drama. Um, and you move to, you know what I mean, a different country where... I mean, there is that not many uh, newspapers and not that much pressure. And as a footballer, you just can't focus on being a footballer. Nothing else. The external noise is no aspect. Um, but yeah, I think there is a there is a big there is a big difference, and that's why a lot of Spanish players they find it um, um, really really positive. I, I met the uh, I met the other day uh, David Silva, who we used to play together, and we met on the uh, at the airport. And 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 he says like yeah he miss you know what I mean he miss Manchester as well you know what I mean it's like like the people you know what I mean just being able to be himself uh, going to the streets and blah 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 it's like it's a thing for people who become from cultures that they are really passionate and and being in the streets is sometimes for that size of that size of players it's difficult. Um, I think it was a really good change uh, for me. Yeah, I, t- I tell you what, I just want to just flicking back, just as we was talking previously. I just wanted to, to back to the point about sort of dreams and and where you were, and that I guess that that dream to become that professional footballer, which you, you you did then achieve. You're playing in Spain, you're playing in Champions League football, and then the the I guess the Enjoyment process. You loved it, right? You tell. You can tell how passionate that 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 love all the way through your career. Always, lo- always loved it. No, there's no. There's, there is a lot of pain, a lot of uh, <coughs> suffering. I mean, it's like we cannot lie. Eh? It's like life. There is suffering in life, mm. like all of us, uh, in different levels. Um, and in my career, I had suffering and I had difficult moments, like ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, and points where you almost, as I said earlier, you know, what I mean, you lose the motivation, but because you have the discipline and the passion, you wake up the day after and you keep going, you know, and you find your motivation again. Um, 
but yeah, it's not been all the time. You know what I mean? Love and everything has been <laughs> nice. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. I had difficult moments from injuries, from not playing, where it takes you to dark places. And that in that moment, you cannot value them that now I do it. I mean, everything that has happened in my life, it was with a purpose to take me where I am right now. What was the first knock that you had in your journey, whether it was growing up or as a professional footballer? Because you, you spoke very much about the the security and strength of your family yeah. growing up. Of course, there would have been tough times in there, but they're, they're diluted as a child, aren't they? Because you're protected and everything will be okay. What was your first and toughest challenge that you remember and what was the consequence of how you acted? Um, probably it was when I moved, when I signed for Espanyol de Barcelona when I was 17. Uh, it was a really difficult first year in Barcelona and and it was a difficult year because like, I had a difficult relationship with the coach. I wasn't like, I was playing but not and, and he always was really tough on me, right. always really tough and it was a difficult, really difficult year. But I've learned to probably through when you're saying yes to something, you're committing to it, you, you have to stick to it until, you know I mean, let's say the season finishes or until uh, you've got the opportunity to go, or, but you have to commit. And during that year, I've learned to listen, behave, train, just like controlling just focusing on what I can control. You know what I mean? It was difficult and, and not being liked or loved by the manager. It's a difficult process. But just focusing, okay, how can I train? How can I behave? Like, that's what I can control. And that was um, probably my first experience where it was difficult. Obviously, I had my parents next to me that they were coming every weekend to see me, like every game, and trying to be next to me and trying to support me. Um, but yeah, at 17, uh, it was my <coughs> first difficult experience that after during all the process as a, as a professional. There have been, you know, I mean, so many difficult moments. So you mentioned the control aspect. So that's something I had to pay a coach to learn when I was in my 40s, the whole yeah. control, influence or let go. <coughs> you were 17. Who taught you that? No, I, I would say, again, it's education. You know, I mean, it's just like... My parents uh, is focus on on listen. You cannot control what the coach does. You cannot control. It's like just train well. That's your responsibility. That is you. That's why you left home when you were fourteen, fifteen. Keep you know what I mean. Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And and yeah, probably that's that's you know what I mean. And, and after and after I've been probably I, if you would ask me at that time, I wouldn't be able to articulate. Ask. Yeah. Can I, how I can articulate it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking about control. It's like, okay, <laughs> we don't control what happens to us. We just control how we respond to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, 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 and when you learn that and you understand that, it, it changes the approach towards everything in life because you don't take it personally. You don't take it, uh, why is happening to me or why? No, 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 hold on. This is happening. Like how, how I respond is the only thing. I mean, I'm I'm in control, but yeah, it's like it's it's through this process has been like a lot of difficult so moments. On, so to follow on from that, <coughs> you can't be the perfect human, right? So Completely. you're nine. <laughs> you you, you want to be a professional footballer. 
you've learned work ethic, you've got a strong family, you have one wobble when you're 17, you deal with that. But you said it was your toughest time. So what, what did that look like? What, what happened to Bruno then? Because something would have gone for you to know that that was a tough time. What was going through? No, it's, it's just trying to look for, for support and for, for love. Obviously, I was lucky to... I was still studying and I quite actually focus as well a lot into, into my studies and yeah. just trying to achieve... Okay, that's, I can achieve that as well. Um, but I wouldn't say that was my, my hardest my hardest time. My hardest time was my last year in, uh, when I was playing for Valencia, for example. It's, 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 I was injured, I came back, I wasn't playing as much, um, and I got into a like, dark place. Um, as I said earlier, like, at that time I couldn't see why it was happening to me, and I couldn't see any positives where right now like I not right now like a few years like for the last few years I've been able to understand okay that happened to me because now I can help those players yeah. because I know how they feel when you're not playing when you don't feel loved when you have an external pressure that you cannot manage when you have an injury when you have it's no I'm not going to them and speak from theory I'm going to them speaking from my heart because they suffered that what does you mention a dark place? Would you mind telling us? No, it's just like that place where you feel again. Now we speak a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like and and probably I was keeping everything for like just to me. Right. I wouldn't get home and I wouldn't speak to my wife about football or about my feelings or about because I didn't want to probably worry her or you know. I mean, it was just like okay, just trying to deal with myself. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is like you get in that circuit of like you just like you just going down, down and down and just like. Uh, overthinking and, and instead of just like being in the moment trying to enjoy like I was playing for Valencia you know I, mean? I was playing Champions League like wh- how how you can be <coughs> not enjoying it how you cannot be present how you cannot uh, that was one of my dreams then is what I've learned from that is like communication is so important yeah. it's just like it's actually not fair for the people around you that you don't shed it because they want to help you. Are you better at that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've completely, I've changed. After that experience, I've changed massively, massively because I I understood that, as I said, like it's not fair on the people next to you to don't shed it with them because they want to help you. And as soon as you just like articulate it, it's like everything just like just you know I mean it, it looks different and it's it's I think it's powerful when you just like share those those feelings okay I'm just going to say something about one of our sponsors Rivervale the world of cars vans and minibuses is often a pain point for many of us the hassle of finding the right vehicle let alone looking after it are all more things to add to our lists as busy people Rivervale's mission is to make motoring manageable and that's why they provide leasing, purchasing, servicing and vehicle management. So whether you have one family car or a fleet of vans for your business, Rivervale are your trusted vehicle supplier. Visit www.rivervale.co.uk Okay, let's jump back to the podcast. I think that's such a powerful message for anyone listening really that because there's still no matter how much we talk about it a lot more now with <coughs> mental health there's still there's still unfortunately that narrative especially amongst men 
that it, vulnerability is seen as weakness. And it, it, it's changing. There's a shift, yeah. definitely. But there, there's still there's still that narrative out there, which, you know, hopefully conversations like this will help to change that because it's a sign of strength, right? Asking for help is a sign of strength. Right? <coughs> yeah, right. Yeah, co- completely. And I think I heard something that I think is it was just, like, so powerful. Someone said, um, a healed human being, fixed human being, is much more beautiful, beautiful than a human being who never suffered. And it's completely, it's like, it's, it's like someone who has find difficult times uh, and has been going through and it's like, just like lean forward, lean forward. Like when you feel uncomfortable, when you feel like, hmm, this, this, this is hard, lean forward. Don't, don't think about it. If I might, I want to continue on that place where you work because I think that's incredibly powerful, especially as a coach. Yeah. Now for you and and a legend for people to, who are listening to this, right? What what were the things happening around you due to your withdrawal whilst in that dark place? What was happening? Because we all say we've been through tough times, but what do they actually look like? Injuries, not playing as much as 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 you would like and obviously as a footballer and as a selfish footballer as soon as you don't play you feel rejected that's one of the challenges that us as coaches we need to deal with um my mom through that process went through through cancer that she like she did amazingly and and she's she's fine and you know i mean it's like it was a difficult difficult period as well um Valencia is a really high pressure environment where there are so many externals that can affect you because there is consistently and constant noise and imagine like it, it's all these journalists they have to fill mm. newspapers uh, radio programs and <laughs> not everything that they say it's true yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like then it's like how you can I wasn't able to put myself in a space where nothing of that would affect me. Right. And <coughs> Which it, you it, had done for the years before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So was it the first time you were feeling truly vulnerable? Yeah. Right. Yeah, completely. Completely. And but again, you know what I mean, that that you know what I mean, going through that and learning mm. through that and having my family next to me. You know what I mean, you just become a new new version of yourself and like again, you know what I mean, it's, you're much more powerful, you're much more like aware of everything and, and but yeah, it's like it's so many things in that moment that, that affects you. Um how long did it take you to come out of that place? No, it, it, it didn't take me that long. It didn't take me that long. Um first again I moved to England and then it, it's just like poof. So you that know was I mean? part of the Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I always, lo- I always wanted to come to England to play football because it's, you know, I mean, I always like follow Premier League and and always thought like, and that time it felt again, <laughs> life puts you things in front of you. You know, I mean, you think we are in control and and it's like no, life puts you the opportunity. I could have stayed in Spain, but it put like it put me that opportunity in front of me, and I said like, hmm, that feels right, yeah. and then. You just like you just go and move on. You know what I mean? That's that's the 
but it didn't took me you know what i mean it wasn't like years of yeah. of pain i would say it was months months of like dying football mm. <laughs> it's a lot of time yeah. did it affect how you were playing yeah completely yeah. completely because again you, you you're not able to be present you're not able to be in your flow you're not able to just enjoy your football you're just like thinking and when you're thinking in football too late um t t touching on that i guess but then being being in the moment this we alluded a little bit to it earlier about fulfillment enjoying the journey look over a career as long as you've had and still go now coaching etc and so many highlights and we'll touch on that i'm sure a bit later but I, um because i always talk about that about that destination because we've got to have goals we've got to try and achieve and we want to try and achieve and especially if you're ambitious you're going to try and achieve <coughs> but looking back over your playing career i guess can you look back and go i was in the moment at that time or is it always looking at the next thing looking at the next thing i think i enjoy the moments yeah. but you, you yeah i think i think i did i think i did i think you have to enjoy every every win but I'm that type of person that I'm not too high, I'm not too low. You know what I mean? I'm always like in that, mm. you know what I mean? That moment that is like, I don't like to go too high. I don't like to go too low. And by enjoy the moments. Yes, it's true that you enjoy it differently. When you, are, when you are young, when you are really young, mm. you think that you're invincible, that you have plenty of them to come and blah, blah. And the older you get, uh, the more dif you enjoy it differently because you know that the end is closer and it's like you, you're trying to maximize that enjoy and every win is important. Yeah. It changed the perception of, of it. But I think I did. I think I did. Like I've been lucky to, to have really good moments and enjoy all those wins. And at the same time, especially later in my career, I try to enjoy when I lost a game as well. So that, <clears throat> see, I, I, I would say, because I've spoke to, uh, you know, players who you've played with on, on the podcast, I've spoke to Olympic champions and uh, people who have reached huge financial wealth in business and, and there's not many of them that actually give me that, that answer because they don't, because they're so fixated on that destination, they're so fixated on that goal, don't allow themselves them moments to yeah. to go. So what, what, I guess what is it about you that allowed you to do that over your career? Again, are we, are we looking back at your upbringing? Or? Yeah, no, I, I, would say, I would say that because I think football, for example, like when you're achieving something big, is actually really big for a lot of people. Mm. That excitement, let's say, I had... I don't know, have like I would say four or five promotions that for every city it's been the biggest thing maybe in the last 40 years, in the 50 years, then it's impossible to don't be present when you see 200,000 people in the streets. <coughs> how are you not going to enjoy? You know what I mean? How are you not going to be, you know what I mean? Like just in that moment, embracing and the situation force you to, to enjoy it. And I've been lucky to be in those situations a few times. Or um, first game in the Champions League. It's like it was a normal game, but suddenly, just like before the game, the, you know what I mean? The, the anthem just 
goes and it's like, ooh, that's that's cool. You know what I mean? That's 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 different. <clears throat> I, I, I think football is emotions. The, I don't know if in other in other you know what I mean in other businesses how involved you are in that. Mm. And because maybe my passion comes from when I was two, three, four years old. Yeah. Like allows you different but I'm not saying that, for example, I've been worried about the future a lot of times. Why? Because I knew that my skills, they were football, and I knew that's got a, an end. Yeah. And I was worried, okay, what's going to happen after? Like, what's going to be my life after that? Because I thought, like, that's my skills, but my skills, they're going to take me just to half way of my life, max. Then that was probably sometimes where I was focusing on the future, that didn't allow me to enjoy the present. But I would say when I achieve something, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've the, enjoyed it. The wins in football that you mentioned, the promotions and um, trophies and that type of stuff, it, in business, they're like doing a deal, a sale, yeah. or you know, reaching some milestone in, in your journey. The, the actual fun in football, fun in football and fulfillment may come from the dressing room, the training, the fun, banter, and yeah. all of those places. I would imagine you've been a good yeah. force for good throughout your journey in that in that capacity as well, right? It's it's, it's how you make feel people, eh? mm. and that's and that's at the end of the day, like that's why people remember you is is because how you make them feel, yeah. and that is that is so important, and and I think that's why it takes you to the seeing people outside in the streets. I remember the parade here in Brighton, for example. It's like. I've got goosebumps, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's incredible seeing people like, and, and how, you go, how you're not gonna be present, how you're not gonna be trying to enjoy that moment with them. It's hand, like, you, you do it. It's, it's like just the situation, the emotions takes you towards that. That's why I think football is a little bit um, probably different. Yeah. But uh, would, would you... Have you spoke to other players about that? Do you uh, do you do you get the feeling that that they all enjoyed them their moments, or have you have anyone spoke to you that they've not, or that they don't feel like you did at the time? Yeah, I, I, like obviously inside every team there are different roles. Like how much you play, how important are you yeah. for the team, how the fans they love you, how you know what I mean, and then the, the all those if you put those marks, the higher you are in all those marks, the more engaged. You feel yourself in that process. That's the difficult bit with, you know, what I mean, with any business in any sport, because uh, obviously the less you play, the less engaged you feel. But I think right now coaches they they find in the way because they've got much more knowledge about understanding human beings. It's like how you how you make everyone feel important because everyone has got a role, and 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 everyone is important. That's why I always. When they, I had like interviews and I get involved in like any of you know I mean podcasts or whatever, yeah, because the team, because yeah, because these players, yeah, yeah. But I said, listen, guys, without there are players that they're not playing as much. Without these guys, we wouldn't be here because these guys they're pushing us mm-hmm. to our the, our best version of ourselves to the the guys who we playing the most. Mm-hmm. And when I wasn't playing that much, I was that guy who was I was training every day giving everything to let the other guy know like listen if you drop here just a second I, i'm gonna be here i'm gonna take your place 
that's why you know what I mean it's understanding those roles is it's it's so important. Okay, well look, just just while while we're touching on uh, some of the highlights you've sort of mentioned, if if we had to put you on the spot to pick one, Oof. have all of the all Oof. of them like Champions League, you know, Brian, if you could pick one, what would it be? It's that's like it's not the first time obviously that I made that question and 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 it's probably the hardest question because every moment has got a special you know I mean feeling um but there is a moment in my in my career that I felt in peace that it was my last game for Brighton when I played my last game at home against Manchester City when I saw the love the respect from everyone towards my family and towards me I was ready to stop playing football and I felt okay that's amazing that was probably is one of my best moments uh, I had in my in my career I was there for that <laughs> the, the, most of the stadium were in tears yeah. and then he, he got the I think Man City won the yeah, they won the, the they won the title. Yeah, that, that day and they picked the trophy up and yeah. the love of, for you off all of them as well. Yeah, I mean, even the city fans they were you know singing yeah. my name. I mean, it was like couldn't you know what I mean when you're thinking about all those sacrifices that you make uh, since really young age and all these difficult times, good times, family and being able to share it with my family who were. Uh, they were there. Yeah, it's you know I mean it's probably the best moment. And do do you, do you feel that like you said you was ready to retire at that point? What had you then thought about? Obviously, had you been thinking about life after football and what would come next? And talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. <laughs> That that is one of the biggest things for footballers. Mm. Imagine in life, anyone, eh? how difficult it is to find your passion. Mm. Imagine finding two. You have to find two passions. Yeah. And I always something that it's it was like bothering me. You know what I mean? It's like something okay, but I was ready to stop playing playing football because that's my brain was ready, you know what I mean? It was like, yes, that's, I cannot push more, you know what I mean? So many sacrifices, daily sacrifices, not just myself, family as well. And I was I was ready and in peace with myself. But I was lucky to, the club allowed me to stay and just, you know what I mean, see what's, what's gonna be the next chapter. I mean, they trust me to stay around and obviously new coaches came, Graham came and allowed me to be there and then the the, the role developed and I found a new passion. You know I mean, that's in, it's incredible. I never thought I was going to be a coach. I always had so much respect to managers and coaches that I always thought, I, I don't know if I'm, you know I mean, I'm good enough for that. I don't know if I'm, I will have that passion to do that job. But I realized that yes, that's that's why I like. That's what I feel passionate about, and that's why you know, I mean I'm doing it now. But then, so, pro so prior to that opportunity that they 
that was presented then you wasn't sure you, you wasn't no. thinking about going into coaching you, you did you have any other ideas any other thoughts no what, i like, but that's always been when i said like yeah. i didn't my only fear i'm thinking about future was that because i didn't know like okay like, like what's what's the other skills that i've got you know what i mean my skills is like this playing football it's like what, what i'm gonna do and I remember having a conversation with uh, Unai Emery, the Aston Villa manager. Who, uh, he was my manager for five years. And, and I remember having a conversation one day. And he said, like, I don't know what you think. I think, I think you could go into coaching and, and be a manager. I said, like, Unai, I said, I've, I've got so much respect for what you do. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a really difficult job. And, and I really value what you do, guys. And, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I remember having that conversation uh, because I've always been like real respectful and to to that role that maybe took me a little bit like. But as soon as I got involved and because I'm a I'm a strict perfectionist as well. Like if you want to do something, you want to do it a hundred percent. And until I didn't feel okay, this is looking good. This is I feel comfortable. I I feel that I've got the passion, the purpose to do it at the full, then is when I realise, yes, poof, let's go. Within coaching with that 100% perfection, how do you deal with the players that may not have that mentality and focus that you've got? It's trying to understand why. Is 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 uh, what, what, what do you need to understand as a, let's say, with my way to, to see the world, it's just like, don't, how I see it, they ha everyone has to see it the same way. Mm. It's like that's that's me, mm. and I have to project that to, towards other people. And my standards have to be my standards; mm -hmm. they don't have to be other people's standards. It's like it's understanding that, and and players they, they just like, try their best with what they know. Yeah. Any human being try their best with what they know, their environment where they grew up. Um, how emotionally they've been coached. It's, it's, they are consequence, all of us, we are consequence of our environment, of our, I mean, yeah. daily routines. Then it's like, it's understanding that and understanding every player as an individual. That is, you know what I mean? And then you deal better. Where with did you learn that? Because when you look at football over the years, that's yeah. certainly not how coaching is. If you don't agree with me, yeah. Then you're this, that, and the other. So uh, that's I, a really uh, modern way of managing. And yeah, I, I would say, I would say because since my dad, my dad is a doctor, and my dad has been traveling to Africa with my mom most of the times for the last thirty years to help people, and they've been going there for six months, for three months, for two months, um, just trying to make the difference and you know what I mean and and help basically um, and that gives you a completely different perspective of how life can be mm. and I'm so grateful as I said since the minute first minute for my education and understand how lucky I am to be where I am right now and when you are and when you can when you learn that from really young age you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes yeah. because let's say my dad used to come from from these trips and for the first few weeks or month 
he wasn't the same the same same guy. I didn't realize at that time, but after open up a little bit more, he would say like, Bruno, it's it's difficult to come back when you know that people without you there they don't have a chance. Like when you come back here, you're thinking about them. You're thinking because he would go there, he will do surgeries, he will teach, he will help people, and he will have to follow different injuries that he knows being in Spain, that guy doesn't have a chance because he, my dad is not there. Then for the first few weeks, first months, he, he wasn't the same guy. But then all those conversations, it just gives you the platform to understand life from a different point of view and not just yourself. <laughs> it's, listen, we, I'm so grateful for everything that I've got in life. You know what I mean? So grateful. I'm 0.00 something percent. And when you are, and when you can see that, and most of us we are, just been here, what are the chances that we're sitting here now? Mm. It's like, really small do we value that probably not because it's our day by day it's like when they say like you, you're so grateful eh, that that eh, because you're a footballer and blah blah I say footballers they don't wake up every day and say yeah it's like because it's the every day by day is 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 day day by day it's like the same said to the kids listen are you grateful when you wake up and you have running water light and they say but well, that's normal eh? so it's normal here mm. it's not normal in other places I mean, perspective gives you, it's so powerful. And that's what I've learned from family, you know what I mean, yeah. from my family. Then it gives you the chance to understand education. Like, okay, is this player, is this young kid acting this way because it's a consequence of his environment? It's not his decision. It's sometimes it's not his decision. Obviously, we've got our own responsibilities, but it's a consequence of, of that. You, you mentioned education that essentially is how you've got to that yeah. mindset and what a gift it is. Yeah. Through your football career, you would have worked or been managed by managers who yeah. really do not understand that. Um, how did you cope in those times? Obviously, that there would have been physical, verbal disagreements and what have you. I'm, I'm less interested in those. Yeah. But more, more how do you get around being your, the best version of yourself despite the, um, the different um, commitment in that area yeah that yeah yeah completely uh, at the end of the day you try to embrace the good coaches that they spend time with you and they try to help you um, and and obviously taking the best you learn from everyone mm. the good things and the bad things it's like how you want to do things and how you don't want to do them you know what I mean it's like that's that's it's just trying to see life in that like okay as an opportunity you know what I mean to every situation it gives you an opportunity to learn like how you want to do it or how you don't want to do it. And and I've been going through, as I said, like difficult moments with coaches and you just try to embrace them. But the, the key is that keep going and keep going and keep going and lean forward and it's not fear and it's, it's just like consistency, consistency, consistency. And that's what you, you just like breaking walls all the time. It's just like poof. And I come back the day after and I come back the day after and I come back the day after. You're talking about failure earlier it's like it's not giving up it's like for me not giving up is completely the opposite to failure it's like it's just like non-stop 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 I didn't achieve it it's like 
did I fail because I didn't become the best football like player in the world? Like from from if you analyze it just like objectively, I failed. No, it would be no, you didn't achieve yeah. because <coughs> success success yeah. is achieving something that you aim. But uh, <laughs> like I love my life, you know what I mean? I love what I achieve. I loved like everything that is around it. Yeah, and you learn an incredible amount, which is what completely you get from failure. Completely, that's how you deal with it. Completely. Isn't it? Ah, that, that failure thing is like I've got a special relationship failure it's a good thing it's, yeah but I, I, like failure is when you give up you fail when you stop trying okay well, that's your way of looking at it that's my so, way to look at yeah. it do, but how are you then at something where you look and go I've done my best it's, it's not worked out I've done my absolute best and it's the right decision to stop now, for whatever reason. What do you What do you think about that? That's that's a yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great question because it's maybe you're feeling that it's not bringing the best version of yourself, and you say, like, no, "I need to, I need to stop this and move and move on." But is is it that failure, or is it a readjustment of of your goal? Yeah, it's a good way of looking. I only, I only use that. that because I, I can give an example of that in, in the fact that I, I, you knew me when I, cl- I closed the, the hair salon my first business it, it, it's, it failed it didn't work out I lost I did stop but I did I, one thing that got me through was that I remember coming out that day and going I've done everything I could to make this work and it didn't I felt like I'd give it my best yeah. and my best wasn't good enough and, and I had to deal with that Absolutely. and that's something that you, you take away but actually then again it's how you reframe that in your head right so how I reframed that Completely. narrative of failure, of I failed, is it that part of my learning process? It's got me where I am right now. It got me to that point in my life, got me to meet people who then yeah. took me on that further journey. So it's just, for me, so much of it, failure, is the narrative that we tell ourselves and how we do. So as you just mentioned there, yeah. about changing that in your, in your mind and reframing it is so, exactly. so important. 100%, I think. I, I can understand and I can feel the conversation going off if I <clears throat> got too into this. I can understand, for example, as a professional athlete, how you must have goals that do not accept and ultimately I can see how failure is a thing that is a bad thing. But then at the same time, if that is your endless pursuit and you fail and you deal with it in the wrong way, in, in old school failure ways, then that's not great I think it's all about the learning the readjustment in the pursuit of that further destination so there may be mini goals along the way in your journey <clears throat> which you may achieve you may not but they're not your ultimate destination so for me the ultimate destination is becoming a better person whereas winning a trophy wouldn't be the be all and end all but it would be a goal that if I didn't win okay I failed but Crikey, I tried my best, yeah. and it's all part of a wider contribution. And it, it's 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 a reasonably complex area, but I can see. Yeah, how. completely. I, I think at the <coughs> end of the day, it's like you've got your vision that is not tangible. Yeah, it's not something that you can. It's like a. I think we spoke about that. It's an utopia. Mm. Utopia is. If you if you if you imagine like um, the longest point that you can see, and you just like okay, you take two steps forward and that longest point 
takes two steps back and you take another two steps forward and that the furthest point it takes two steps back and you're just like chasing mm. and then utopia what, what what's the what's the use for utopia and it's it, it, it helps you to keep moving yeah. and that vision you probably will never you know i mean achieve it because it's not tangible you, you cannot measure it it's not something but then you set up your, your goals that yes the goals they are tangible and they you can achieve it but it's good to have that you know what i mean like as a team as a human being as a whatever athlete okay i want to become yeah. you know what i mean like a high performance uh, uh athlete in and what that means yeah like trust but how you measure trust how you measure accountability how do you measure I mean, you cannot measure it. It's like it's, it's something that is no. Then it's like it, that helps you to move, to move forward. That's that's I think which it's so important. If you, I think a lot of it, what we've talked about today, words like fulfillment, happiness, and enjoyment, like you said, and trying to be present in those those moments. That the key is is it's important to have them goals. It's important to strive and 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 have them things. But actually, the, the key. When it comes to fulfillment and happiness, is is actually not delaying that happiness to to where that not to not saying I'll be happy when I get there, I'll be happy when I've achieved that that goal that destination somewhere in the future. That's when that's when I'll be everything will be okay. Then <coughs> it's about actually right this second, right where we are right now, being happy and fulfilled. Completely, and still wanting to achieve, but not delaying that. Completely. For me, my equation or how it looks, my happiness equation is being grateful. Like that is the first thing. Like for everything that I've got, like just it's so powerful. When you're grateful for everything and you value what you have, that's the first step. And after the next one is development. If you feel that you're moving forward, yeah. if you feel that you're just like getting developing yourself being, being the best version that you can and moving forward all of those those two together me personally is how i feel like i'm happy this is geo geo runs a scarf company geo doesn't see the need for telecoms everybody uses mobiles now but can a mobile really be a business phone geo is having coffee with a client gabby well actually geo prefers acacia leaf tea but what happens when someone calls? It could be a big new deal. Surely it would be rude to take the call? But many people hate leaving messages. They may just call a competitor instead. What can Geo do? The answer is simple. Turn the mobile into a business phone. With the GoGiraffe app, Geo can quickly transfer the call. Or before the meeting, Geo can simply use the app to divert calls. No more missed calls, lost deals or unhappy customers. Turn your mobile into a business phone today. Go Giraffe. And I get the key that I've taken from this, and this is something maybe that as a society we don't do enough. And I'm trying, again, back to the kids and stuff, trying to take but the, the gratitude side of it. You learn that from a young age because of a lot to do with what your parents mm. did as a living and you can come up. But how many, we live in a society where, like my kids on Amazon, bang, get that, that next day, that, yeah. you know, there's no delayed gratification. They just want something instant. You can look on thing and you get it. So to, to, to teach that, um, and I'll try and teach my kids all the time, gratitude is the one of the biggest things from doing nearly 100 of these that is the thing for me completely. that I've taken out massively I mean, yeah. completely. you mentioned your 
proudest moment, <clears throat> almost a utopia moment when it was your last game as yeah. a professional. I think I know the answer, but I can I can only imagine. What was the toughest time for you in your latter career? Um, obviously, um, leaving Brighton was was probably one of the saddest moments in in my career. It was a mix of emotions, but the, to deal with the sadness of everything, it was it was uh, probably the hardest uh, that I've recent last like few years I had to deal with. That was um, yeah, it was a really difficult moment. You're an incredibly private person, and I think anyone, mm. <coughs> excuse me, listening to this today who didn't know you as well as they may know you, having listened to this, will be. I think amazed is a bit of a strong word, but <clears throat> very positively surprised that you're very considered, you're very humble, you're very grateful. You've always come across that way mm-hmm. within your time with Brian. But of course, there were a minority of <clears throat> fans who were hurt, and hurt often leads to anger. How, how did that affect you in that moment of change when you were already sad, um, but other things started to happen? Yeah. Why, um, when you decided to leave? I, again, you know what I mean. Is I'm I'm not gonna expect or ask to people to understand my reasons. You know what I mean. It's it's everyone is free. You know what I mean to to feel or think whatever they want to feel. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm not, I don't have that expectation. I just say, I just the only thing that I can say. I, I think I, I, in my last um, social media post. Just when I left Brighton, I think I, I describe it the best I could. And it was, imagine uh, a 14, 15 years old um, chasing a dream, having to leave his home, the warmth of his house, the food of his mom, uh, his brother, his sister, his friends, and on Sundays taking a bus at seven o'clock to go to somewhere else and I was something away and be the whole week on your own chasing a dream is leaving home it's so difficult and that's how I felt that's exactly how I felt I knew it was the right decision I knew it and the sadness is there the sadness is there but as we said earlier life is about suffering Life is about leaning forward, lean forward, lean forward. And that's how I felt. Is your heart still in Brighton? I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. I mean, it's, uh, this is home for us. You know what I mean? It's like for my family, this is home and, and my community. You know what I mean? It's like I've got such an amazing friends. I feel blessed for all the people I've got around. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not, I won't get tired to say how grateful I am for all the people I met here, around here, what all this community has given to me. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, my feelings towards everyone in this city didn't change at all for the circumstances or whatever. I've got to know you quite well in the last few years, obviously, because I've mm-hmm. always played football together. <clears throat> and you wore the best football kit, obviously, with... Brian and I have jumped on it uh, yeah. for a few years. Exactly. Um, I can say hand on heart that 
there are very few people I know with your stoicism and approach to life. And for the minority of fans who are still angry, um, I would urge them to see that I know and have seen <clears throat> through candid conversations that we've had mm-hmm. that you said when you left, once a seagull, always a seagull. I believe that always to be the case. <clears throat> but life does move on and not everything that is great lasts forever, does it? So it's new opportunities for you and I would say that the majority, the vast majority of, of Brighton fans and those in those circles will be really proud of what you've done, grateful for it and maybe excited for the future for you, right? I appreciate you deserve. that. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Because I do, as we've sort of talked about in, in the past, actually, as well as human beings, what is that next stage? I, you still want to progress and go on and what? People shouldn't begrudge people of that. I'm sure yeah, that's right. I think that's the, the, the thing. But They're hurt. I understand they're being hurt. Yeah, you know, of course, of Brighton course. have been on such an incredible journey, and Bruno was a huge part of it. I remember when he signed and they were singing Bruno songs. I thought Frank Bruno had turned <laughs> some, some world superstar, and there was this this Spanish guy with no hair. Oh, how disappointing! And then, yeah, exactly. And then over the years, he, you know. He, he became Brighton and Hove Albion, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not absolutely. Um, yeah. So there were people that were hurt, and I completely get that. Um, how some of them acted and stuff, that, that's no good, and I would imagine those minority would be disappointed in, in that. But like I said just before, the, the vast majority are, are in love with him. Like he, he goes to the, the football, and he drops the kids off at the... Um, at the football with my boy and stuff and uh, can I have a picture can I have a picture <laughs> it's non-stop and that's nice to see yeah, yeah. Um, and not may you. that continue I appreciate that well no, I want to let's just talk I just want to talk briefly about then going it on afterwards obviously went on, on to sort of Chelsea one thing I just want to touch on throughout your career I guess look I, I talk a lot on here about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and what that looks like to people you've gone from being a player not potentially thinking about going into coaching mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're at Chelsea and through various circumstances you're there now in charge of a game against mm-hmm. Liverpool. What, I'm just keen to just tap into your mindset at that point. What goes through your head when you're put in that position? I think it's it's really important. Like Again, like I think my personality and has helped to that because you don't get too high, you don't get too low and then you're able to think as clear as you can think but my approach to that has always been if someone has believed in you to put you there in that situation in any situation just be yourself that's that's that was my you know I mean anything that I face in my life is like just be yourself don't try to change anything don't try to fake anything be yourself and obviously, I understand. You know, I mean, there are insecurities. All of us. Yeah. You know I mean, all of us. We've got insecurities, and I've been. That I think it's insecurities. They're good. I think that if you can control them, they're good, because they help you to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, as a player, some I, ha- I would say that I step into the pitches always with certain amount of fear. That fear kept me alert for ninety-five minutes. That means that I was able or trying to be at the right place at the right time all the time because you are in that fear mode that you can control. The problem is when that fear is too big and you can control that, then that 
frees you and you're not able to perform. But if amount of fear is important, amount of insecurity, it's good. I think it's good because it helps you to, okay, I can do things a little bit better. I can, it's not just like, no, I know everything and yeah, I mean, I'm perfect. Because you get complacent then, right? If you yeah. do go into it, every situation in that, in, with that mindset, you become complacent. Whereas if you're always striving to be the best and you and you know, um, whether that's a little bit out of that comfort zone or, and there is that fear, as you sort of mentioned, that nerves, whatever it Completely. is, all of those things are, like you said, if you can manage them, because some people, that stops them from doing yeah. anything. But if you can manage them, you can achieve yeah. great things. Exactly. And, and understanding that, that fear and excitement sometimes gives you the same feeling. Because and you need to you need to be able to you know I mean this thing is like going into the game you, you, you feel a little bit of fear but excitement as well to perform but it's the same physical feelings then it's like how you manage that that's why it's so important to be able to identify that that's why now we've got in football or in everywhere in life we've got so much information that helps you to you know I mean to help players to be self-aware and identify all those emotions and and, um, and develop that. But yeah, uh, going back to the point is it's a little bit of fear and insecurity is good because it keeps you alert and not being overconfident. That probably being overconfident, it will kill you actually. What was the buy-in <clears throat> from the team during that game? So I, I imagine some of the younger players... Oh, Bruno's in charge. What's Bruno know? You know, the ones who don't know you so well. Um, and you would have had a tiny power on your shoulder, maybe saying, God, you know, do I know what I'm doing? How did you deal with that scenario? Again, going back to being myself. Just, like, be yourself. That's the only thing that you... we go going back to what you can control. Mm. And just like, okay, what, what can I control is this? And, again... Did you bring it up? No, no, it's just like, again, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's difficult uh, to get into the situation, you know what I mean? It's, it's just more about from zooming out and seeing it from outside in terms of, like, how I dealt without getting into the detail, you know what I mean? It's more about, okay, I go back to the same point. It's just like, listen, if you're here, it's for a reason... <laughs> do whatever you can whatever you are ready to do be yeah. yourself that's it you know what I mean you you not ask for more than that you know what I mean it's just like being content uh, with that moment and deal with the best you can that, as you can imagine guys um, it was a really difficult moment yeah. uh, for a lot of different reasons yeah, yeah. brilliant well look um, as I knew it would, it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation. And um, as we're coming towards the end, we're going to sort of finish off with our, our life in 60 seconds, um, which is one of the main reasons, I guess, are the main points of the podcast. For me, the tagline, helping the world to see success differently. Um, it's the question I ask everyone and when they come on. I'm just keen to where, you, where you've been, where you are now and where you're going. Tell me how you define success. Like success objectively is, is achieving something that you aim. Eh? That, that would be objectively we look for that uh, definition. But for me, I can tell you how success looks for me. 
and that is um, getting back home from work and seeing my family happy to see me. That is success for me. Success is being able to maximize my passion of playing football for 20 years or since I was like, whatever, 14, you know what I mean, until almost 39, but 20 years a professional. Being able to spend that time doing what I loved, that was success. Success is having friends who I can share good things, good moments of my life, and they're happy for me. Meeting people who they're special um, and they support and they give me something to me in terms of uh, helping into my development. That is success for me. That's what I'm saying. It's like so many different things um, that we can look at it as a how it looks for me. But as you said, and you did it perfectly, how it looks to me, it is it looks it's so different how it looks to other people. Um but that would be that would be probably how it looks for me. Mate, what does the future hold for you? Am I in control of that? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Am I in control of that? The future looks like trying to develop myself every single day. Oh, in this conversation, I have learned so much. Then it's like, this is preparing me for the next step. Life is going to put me a challenge and I will try to deal the best I can in the best version of myself in that moment. And that's how I see it. I, I don't think I'm in control of that. You know what I mean? Life will, you know I mean? Who would say like 12 years ago, not 12, no, 11 years ago, um, when I was in Valencia and I thought I would be already living in England, in, in Brighton for 11 years. I can imagine, it's like if they, 11 years ago, they would have asked me like, what is future for you? Impossible. I would have answered like this, you know I mean? All this amazing journey. I mean, then it's like I try to enjoy everything that I do, try to um, maximize and develop myself as much as I can to be ready for whatever comes into my path. Amazing. Mate, honestly, it's been a, a true honor to have you on. Oh, really thank you. It's just an incredible conversation and, and really getting to know the real you, I guess, and, and, what, and as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, a, a legend on the football pitch, but absolutely as a human being, a legend off the pitch as well. And um, I'm just... Using your words, I'm so grateful for your time. Oh, I'm grateful you. for you coming on. It's been um, it's been magic, and uh, and Bruno too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now to Bruno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, I, I just I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, it's not just what you do, guys. It's how you do it. It's it's amazing, and and I feel I felt like if I was at home, and and I loved it. Uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done, Sal. And that, as they say, is a wrap. <laughs>